Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Other Stories, my name is Luke, and this is a podcast, obviously. Welcome back to another volume opener. Uh, today's episode, we're going to have a small chat with one of my favourite writers, Mr. Dan Howarth. So stick around for that, we're going to be talking about writing short horror stories. We did something similar last month, and uh, we got some great feedback, so it might be making something of a regular feature around that talking about uh, writing short horror stories submitting them and that kind of thing so if you're into it let us know and we'll do more of it but before all that let's welcome volume 66 of the podcast government experiments they're always meddling did you know the government puts fluoride in the water and it creates a crust around your pineal gland your pineal gland you need that to have telepathic communications not just with people but with your pet dog the government is stopping you from being able to talk to your dog telepathically did you know that if it wasn't for the government constantly experimenting with time and space I'd be able to get the bins out on the right day they moved the recycling to Tuesdays what's that all about government anyway this month we have some amazing stories from authors Skew, Paul A. Freeman Andrew Maple Ralph Benton and Madeleine Metz and returning narrators Erica Ventura, Justin Fife, Persephone Rose, Jasmine Arch, and Manny Real Guy. 
who we all know is a man and is very much a real guy. On our Patreon, we've just launched a brand new exclusive episode from the Ashes of Empire. It's about a young investigative reporter who meets a beautiful and mysterious woman as he attempts to discover the truth behind the lost civilization of Atlantis. So if you want to check that out, that's written by Scott Harper, narrated by Alexandra Elroy, and is a Patreon-exclusive episode. If you want to go check that out along with, I think, about 40 other exclusive episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. We have got a bunch of lovely new patrons with increasingly strange superpowers. Honestly, you'd think I were making these superpowers up, but that's only because it's getting increasingly more difficult to make up new superpowers. Wait, does that make sense? <laughs> anyway, new patrons. Robert Finch, who has the power to move you. Not emotionally, but in the time stream. Jackie Ferguson, who has prehensile eyeballs. K-Ghost, the K stands for combustible. K-Ghost can explode at will, but only when they don't want to. Courtney can stream Netflix right into her mind. A constant 4K resolution, even without a decent internet connection. Paul M. Feeney, anything this man writes comes true. Unless you know it's fiction. Sam Shine has the power to polish silverware until it shines brighter than the sun. And lastly, Toby Miller. You ever have an itch and you don't know where it's come from? That's Toby Miller. (laughs) Holy wow. An amazing list of new patrons and each of them has an incredibly strange superpower. I personally would prefer to see uh, a new X-Men reboot with these guys maybe keep Wolverine and then you know have our amazing patrons get rid of Professor X I'll be the Professor X we've got a similar hairstyle uh, I don't need a wheelchair I'll, I'll use a hovering Zimmer frame yeah that'd be good over in the Facebook group Joshua Boucher uh, is running another a brand new choose your own misadventure this is episode 7 and it's called Perspective and He's asked me to read this. This is going to be quite a bit different to the usual Choose Your Own Misadventure stories that he's ran there. Check this out. Good evening, fellow creatures of the Eldritch. This is Josh speaking. We are about to embark upon another misadventure together. This time you will help build the story, much more than when your only interaction was choosing a simple letter. Oh no, my fine friends. This time you will help write the story. I'll write the main body of the story. Joshua will. But instead of giving you choices, you're to write a few sentences about which direction you want the story to go. Then we will vote on your entries and he will write the next section based on the prompt that gets the most votes. So the first choice is already over on the Facebook group. Head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver and get involved. You get to co-write this story with a group of cool people. Pre-orders of our Best Stuff collection will be going live on July the 1st. Be sure to get first dibs on that. It will be a limited run. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash best of. Sign up to the mailing list. And you'll be one of the first people who gets a chance to purchase one of them. So yeah, after last month's volume opener, we had a discussion about what we look for when reading TOS submissions. We had a bunch of great feedback. So we'd like to invite a few more writers we featured on the show to talk through their process. One of our regular writers, Dan Howarth, I think we published maybe... Uh, nine nine stories of his or something like that over the years 
he's just brought out a new collection of short stories called Dark Missives and it's been getting rave reviews. Seriously, some of the reviews are saying it's the best book they've read this year or that it's in very, very scary. Um, I've even put a blurb in myself. It's a, it's a great collection. So let's jump from me right now to me a couple of days ago and have a quick chat with horror author and all-around great guy Dan Howarth. I'm joined by a certain Mr. Dan Howarth. How's it going, Dan? Great, thanks for having me, Luke. Excited to be here. Yeah, no worries at all. It's great to have you. You've, I mean, you've been on the show, spiritually, I mean, many, many times. How many stories have you had on the other stories? Uh, I think it's seven. I feel like it's more. Yeah, maybe it is. Oh, God. Yeah, they, this is poor knowledge. I mean, this is the most basic question you're probably going to ask me. Well, it gets to, I mean, once, once you get past three, it's difficult to keep count. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? They're, um, yeah, it's a proud moment getting on for the first time, and uh, I think after I kind of crack, you know, crack that nut, I was, uh, I just got rolling really. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you first submitted the story. I'm trying to remember which story it was, Anderson, maybe Dustin. Yeah, Anderson was the first one. Yeah, and that was a couple of years ago. But that's not when you first started writing, right? No, no, I'd been writing well on and off for, for many years before that and then probably seriously for about 18 months beforehand okay and what so like how young were you when you first started uh well one first like my first proper writing memory was when we were kind of asked in primary school so i would have been about seven or eight to write a book um and i was like mad on like you know like thunderbirds like jerry anderson stuff um captain scarlet in particular so i wrote some basically they never you couldn't kill captain scarlet in the program so i wrote a book where they killed him (laughs) (laughs) which looking back on it now uh probably fairly dark for an eight-year-old um but yeah i did did my own illustrations which i probably wouldn't recommend have you still got that book yeah yeah i've still got it yeah it's uh the, the the quality is quite poor it has to be said but that's first like real memory of like kind of producing something yeah and that was like probably the most enjoyable project I ever had in my, my actual education. And then it never stopped? Yeah, in one form or another. Like it was never it was never always prose, like through school, kind of in bands and you know, wrote songs and stuff like that. And then kind of at university wrote comedy sketches and, and various other little bits that were that were always funny but never I don't know, never really went anywhere. And then I think it was kind of after that that got to about 20, 2009 I think it was when I first sat down and started writing short stories and horror it was just always horror horror and crime kind of the darker side of fiction that just came out as soon as I switched to prose really I always feel like um, uh, writing comedy and writing horror I don't I know they're different but there's there's some kind of element that's similar that this I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the the punchline. You know, someone dies at the end of a horror story, but there's a punchline in a in a, in a comedy sketch or something. I feel like there's, there's similarities there. There's an extremely thin line between kind of laughing and screaming, I guess, isn't there? But I mean, you see where it's like blended. That you think about things like League of Gentlemen and Psychoville, like Shaun of the Dead. You know, when when that kind of fine line is hit, it's you know, it's a real sweet spot, particularly for me. That's that's the area that I absolutely love. It has to be said. Yeah, and I feel like that's when whenever one of your stories comes in, I think maybe that's what what I respond to myself. I 
I think I gave you a blurb for your new book. And it's something along the lines of, I, I, you kind of make me feel a little bit filthy. <laughs> like your stories are, are dark to the point where it's like, oh, that might just be, it could be too far. But I enjoy it because it's really pushing that that boundary, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, some somebody actually who was reviewing the book, kind of I sent it to them and they were just like, this is the most awesome blurb I've ever heard referring to yours. Um, <laughs> which thought was which thought was funny and it's true it's you know it's a great quote but um but yeah i mean you know horror's there to make people uncomfortable and i guess you know it's it's the same with writing comedy if you can make yourself laugh while you're writing it you'll probably make somebody else laugh and if you can make yourself feel uncomfortable writing horror then it's probably going to work for the the reader or or in this case the listener do you ever feel like you've gone too far or do you know when to stop um, so collaboration was the closest I've come to um, to probably crossing the line and the listeners that have heard or read that story as it is now in, in my collection um, have, have commented on it saying, you know, it's, it's very, very close. And I, I sent it to a beta reader um, and he basically replied saying, dude, have you lost your fucking mind? And I thought <laughs> this story is either going to be utter... You know, it's going to go down so well or it's going to sink my career without a trace. Um, and actually, reading the reviews, it seems to thankfully have done the former. Um, I think the most important piece of writing advice I've recently kind of come across is Chuck Paulinick, the author of Fight Club, who says, write to be remembered. So, yeah, I think that's really a mantra that I've maybe taken to heart. And I think it's reaped its own rewards, I think, between collaboration and, and algebra which was another one which was fairly close to the bone. Um, you know, fiction's there to push boundaries or at least tickle them. So, you know, you, you've got to keep trying. And if it makes you, as I've said, if it leaves a mark on you as the writer, chances are it's going to do it for the reader too. Yeah, I love my boundaries getting tickled. <laughs> Talked about your new book, Dark Missives, which is a, a collection of 11 stories? No. It is, yeah. Is it 11? Yeah, 11, yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, so um, a number of the stories are reprints or, well, they've kind of hit print for the first time, um, but they were produced on this very podcast um, before they were ever kind of published in a book. So uh, it collates uh, Anderson, Dustin collaboration, a couple of others from the other stories, as well as some unpublished works as well. Um, And to be honest, I've, you know, the last few years I've written five novels and since... Well, in the last four years, I've written five novels um, and I've been plowing away at those and then I kind of take a break and work on shorter things. And to be honest, you know, I've kind of got close, but not quite with agents and stuff like that. Um, and I was getting sick of, of writing these books and not really doing anything with them. So I think kind of Dark Missives was the first of these books to come together. Um, and in some ways it was you know, my learning curve of putting these short stories out and getting them out there, knowing what it's like to go through publishing a book um, and kind of you know, go through that process, learn what it takes to get a book out there, to get it seen, get it read um, and get it sold as well. Uh, so where can people get that book? Uh, so it's available on Amazon, um, any, any Amazon you can name, it's on there. Um, it's also I've also got signed copies as well uh, if you're into that kind of thing which you can get through my website at um, danhowarthwriter.com um, and they've actually 
sold much better than I expected. I expected to sell none, and I've sold more than none. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a success. I can officially declare it. Yeah, cover out by Luke Spooner as well, one of the artists who works regularly on the other stories. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, the cover art is, you know, fantastic. And the only credit I can take for that is the fact that I asked him to do it. Um, and he, you know, he, he knocked it out of the park, really. And that was that was a great process. He was very, very kind with his, his time and his patience because, you know, I never commissioned anything like that before. And I think I asked a few fairly moronic questions, which he, you know, dealt with very professionally and then turned out a, a belting cover. Well, I'll link to the, the book in the show notes. Very much recommend it. Um, but what I was hoping, so I know a lot of people who listen to this, uh, this volume openers want to submit, want to write and submit stories, not to the, just the other stories, but to other markets around. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give for people writing short horror or, you know, horror adjacent stories? Okay, so, um, you know, the getting kind of Anderson published on the other stories or produced on the other stories was like that felt like a really big like break for me in that you know it kind of opened a dam in that you know I'd got something out there and I'd kind of written something that was polished um but you probably remember before that I wrote a story which but which wasn't accepted so I was kind of you know one out of two attempts by the time Anderson came out um and I think the the key thing that I didn't get right the first time round, and I remember the feedback was, you know, like it was a cool scene that happened, but it wasn't a complete story. You know, it's just because you've got 2,000 words, give or take 200 words either side, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that there's not kind of room for character, there's not room for plot development, beginning, middle, and an end. Um, you know, you've got to make sure that the story is as fulfilling as it can be in the 2,000 words. You know, you're not, you're not going to be able to write a novel in that kind of word count, but, you know, you've got more space than you think for characterization, for a bit of detail, um, to, to really leave your mark in terms of setting as well, as well as just the actual events. But, you know, you've got to make sure there's some sort of character arc, there's some sort of clear curve of the story, the three-act structure, the beginning, middle and end that you, you look for in any story, really. You know, it, it's short, and that means you can make it snappy and you can make it memorable. But you've also got to make sure that, you know, it is actually a complete story as well. Yeah. And also at the end, um, you can end in a single line. I think one of your stories, the Kaiju story, Play Fetch. Yeah. It, it's almost like the la- the very last line is is the ending. Yeah. And it, it just works so well because of that. Oh, thanks. It's, uh, I, I do try to, like, I, I don't know, I like to leave it to to snap at, at the end you know there's I think the the best stories that I've heard from other writers on the other stories you know there's like that kind of that twist that snap right at the end and then you kind of come in with the outro and what I often find is you know I'm hearing you talk and say the outro while I'm thinking oh Jesus what just happened there and that's <laughs> that's what I always aim for and I think you know there's yeah, a number of a bit of whiplash Absolutely, you know, I think one of them, uh, is it called Box Cutter? About the, uh, about a boy, a cardboard boy? Cardboard. Oh, yeah, oh God. Have I just ruined it calling it Box Cutter? Edit that out. No, why? Um, no, I don't think so, no. Yeah, but, oh, like, that was one that I just remember listening to and thinking, holy shit. And I think, you know, I think if you can leave the listener with that kind of feeling, 
I mean, it doesn't always have to be a twist, but, you know, if you're aiming for an emotional mark at the end of the story, you know, be clear, be concise. And, you know, as that music, as that, as your voice appears, you want that reader to be not thinking about what you're saying. You want them, that story just to linger for a couple of seconds longer while the outro starts. We always say, like, a sting in the tail. Uh, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the Chuck Palahniuk uh, quote where you write to be remembered it's like you're writing to I don't know leave that it's like a punch in the face <laughs> right at the end that they're not going to forget anytime soon that's what that's kind of what we're looking for really absolutely you know I think I think that's absolutely key you've got a week between the episodes and you know I think the best episodes leave you when the Monday comes around and a new one comes out I think right well you know last week's was awesome here, here we go and it kind of you know it sets you up I mean sometimes I'll I'll binge them as well if I don't have the chance to catch them obviously working from home makes it harder to listen to podcasts but you know I, I think that you know when when you do get that kind of they get very moorish you know you you, you want to leave readers wanting the next one not just your stories but the stories in general from the podcast you know, and I think some of this, there have been some absolutely brilliant themes that have really gathered momentum in that way with, with some very high quality stories where one leads to the next. Well, thanks very much for, for jumping on. I'm sure everyone will, will appreciate it. Uh, is there anywhere we can, people can follow you and your work? Yeah, so um, as I've said over at my website, um, danhowithwriter.com, I have got a newsletter there as well. Um, there's always kind of, there's a freebie for signing up uh, and also, you know, going to be running a couple of competitions as well to perhaps win copies of my books and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm also on Twitter um, at danhoweth2020. So uh, give me a shout on there. Uh, happy to chat horror and, uh, you know, general terrifying words. <laughs> cool. Thanks, man. No worries. Thank you.